they were the, uh, the, the early adapters. They discovered something cool and so they can brag to their friends that, gee, look what I found. I found these wines from Hungary. So really hungry. Let's give it a shot. So it's, and these people became regular customers of ours in the United States, which is wonderful. Hello, and welcome back to Corvinus Business Intelligence, brought to you by the Budapest Investment Club of Corvinus University. My name is Theodore Boone. I'm on the faculty of Corvinus University in the School of Business. I'm very happy to have back with me today uh, my co-host for this program, Chris Chordash, who's a student in the School of Business at Corvinus University, and extremely pleased, most of all, to have with us today Nimrod Kovac, who is the proprietor of Kovac Nimrod Winery, located in Eger, Hungary. And today, and for the next three podcasts, we're going to be discussing the business of wine and related matters. Nimrod, it's just fantastic to have you here with us today. Well, thank you very much. Nimrod, let me start by asking you, what is it about your wines at Kovac Nimrod Winery? that makes them special? Well, of course, every father is very proud of the children. So uh, all of my wines or our wines are, are special. But uh, as far as, as what it means relative to the, the context and the universe, I mean, our wines are from Eger, which is uh, uh, one of the top wine regions in Hungary. And it's a cooler climate area, uh, similar to the French Burgundy or Italian Piemont or cooler valleys of California, such as Russian River Valley and Carneros. And as such, we make wines which are not about uh, big tannins and big bodies, but essentially balance, elegance, and finesse. Uh, the varietals we produce are, are, are the, the two Burgundy varietals, uh, our Chardonnay Pinot Noir and a Northern Rome varietal of Syrah. And we, in addition to that, we produce some Hungarian varieties such as Furmin and Cake Frankish as well. So that's kind of what I think makes us a little bit different than the uh, usual international wines that people drink. And you chose Eger uh, for what, what reasons? Uh, well, I had a, a family uh, history uh, uh, that as a young uh, uh, kid, I, I spent some time in Eger. My mom's best friend got married to a, a gentleman in Eger, so I always enjoyed the town as a lovely Baroque historic town. And as far as the wines are concerned, um, you know, I, I over the years as I traveled internationally, I drank a lot of good wines in various restaurants. Uh, I kind of started to... Uh, to gravitate toward a cooler climate wine. So I like finesse, I like uh, you know, nice balance and elegance to the wines. And Eger is one of those wine regions that happened to be uh, the one. And uh, we uh, ended up, um, uh, started to produce some wines as a merchant company first, then eventually uh, I ended up buying uh, the winery. And so I'm a, a wine guy from Eger. Chris, I know you have a bunch of questions, so please go ahead. Um, I would like to first just ask which your favorite wine, which one is your favorite wine? Out of our own or in, 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 uh, in general terms? Mm, uh, first, what you own, because I'm well, interested I mean, in... You know, we have three different groups of wines. Uh, you know, we work on uh, 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 three top terroirs because it's very important where the wine comes from, the terroir itself. 
And I really love the Nadegat terroir, which is a, uh, our best Grand Cru quality terroir. And we have three different wines, uh, uh, one white, a four mint and two reds, and perhaps the NJK uh, and the Sky four mint are my two favorite wines from our own. I've heard about, I've heard about the Sky four mint. It has yeah. won an international, uh, international competition. Yes, it has been has been uh, uh, very well received internationally as well as uh, from Hungary. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, is named after my grandchild, uh, who uh, was born in America in Denver. His name is Sky, and uh, we were looking for um, a uh, a name for the wine which represents the sky is the limit because it's a t- from comes from the top <laughs> of the hill of Eger, and so it's kind of a nice uh, you know putting the two things together. Sky is the limit. Uh, for the wine as well, because it's a great terroir, producing very high quality, unique wines. And hopefully my little grandchild will, will go far in life. So it's kind of a two came together. That's wonderful. <laughs> that's, and that's a, that's a wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful thing for your grandchild to, 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 to have and uh, to have received as well. Um, the, Chris's remark about uh, the uh, success in the competition um, brings me to the question uh, related to uh, the marketing of mm-hmm. of your 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 wines, I would assume when one is successful in a competition, um, that is helpful marketing. That is helpful publicity. Um, how do you go about uh, marketing your your product? Well, I tell you, uh, you know, marketing is my old game. You know, after uh, getting my MBA. Uh, from Thunderbird in Phoenix, I ended up uh, uh, working in New York in advertising for six years. So marketing was the first love I had. And, uh, you know, I came to the view, um, I worked with a lot of different products, came to the view that uh, uh, certain products could be measured objectively and certain products uh, have to be presented subjectively. And the wines are very similar to fashion uh, or cosmetics and, and variety of products, which have a great deal of subjectivity about it because the, uh, the users really cannot objectively tell the difference. To be very honest with you, uh, very few people can tell the difference between various wines when they taste it blind. So uh, uh, to market a, a, a wine or winery, you have to produce some good quality wines, obviously, for people who who buy it and enjoy it, uh, uh, appreciate it at first sip, but also have to create stories around them, which kind of uh, resonates with the target audience, so to speak, in a way that they will, uh, they will uh, accept it, like it, and hopefully uh, um, over time continue to consume it. So the marketing part is a very complicated part of the wine uh, business. Um, and also there are a lot of wineries around the world. So it's, it's a very crowded field. How big is the competition just around Eger? Well, we have about 60 or so wineries just in Eger. And in Hungary, several thousand. So when you take a look at the world, uh, then uh, you are talking about, you know, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of wineries just... You know, my second home, the United States, uh, here's a question for you guys, just a little bit of digression, but maybe relevant. You know, out of the 50 states in the United States, how many states do you think actually produce wines in America? Well, that's a good question. I am, I'm purely guessing uh, 10. I don't know, Chris, you got to throw out a number. I'm not going to let you. Uh, well, um, 
let's say like 15. All 50. All 50. All I have either. tasted <laughs> wines from Alaska and I have tasted wines from Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> right. So right. I guess the point here is that there's a lot of wine being produced in a lot of different places. All try to vie for some audiences and for some recognition and, and, and hopefully some sales. So it's a very, very difficult uh, way to present your wines. And it's very difficult to find the target audience that will, for some reason, will, will connect with your wines. But well, when you do, uh, then you can build loyalty, then uh, you get yourself a you know, nice little um, long-term uh, business. So that's kind of the, the basis of it. So you need to know your target audience, obviously, and you need to find you know, where they are so you can reach them properly. And you need to understand what motivates them. Uh, and, you know, higher quality you go, higher the prices you go, less likely the, the discounts that you use. You use other ways of, of presenting uh, uh, the uh, wines to them so they will find it compelling and, and hopefully buy it and uh, drag, uh, basically just, just brag to their friends about, you know, <laughs> uh, what they discovered. And... Um... The uh, if we could stick with the U.S. a little bit, because as you know, I I, I grew up in the in the U.S. Um, and let's talk about Hungarian wines, not mm -hmm. specifically your wines or not yet, just yes. your wine. Hungarian wines in general. Um, how do you see Hungarian wines in general in terms of their place in the U.S. market? And in that respect, are your wines influenced by? somebody's looking at wines and, and they just are thinking about Hungarian wines and maybe what, if there's another product that's not as good as yours, are you impacted by the fact that that other product, hopefully it hasn't happened, but let's say it came, it came from Hungary. Uh, so how, do, how does that work? And what is your perception of, of the perception of Hungarian wines in the U.S.? Well, uh, 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 let me... Uh, 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 start by saying the Hungarian wines are world famous, but only in Hungary. So fundamentally, people don't know much about Hungarian wines, especially the United States. I mean, you know, my second home is the U.S., so I spent a fair amount of time over there over the years. And, uh, you know, uh, only um, uh, sophisticated wine drinkers who really uh, uh, travel around the world and try to explore things um, uh, got to know some Hungarian wines, um, most of which, you know, had to do with the Tokai area, which had been a, the most famous. But, but uh, the honest to God truth is they are not that well known. So um, uh, as a result, um, you know, people have to somehow, you know, get connected with it um, uh, uh, either directly or indirectly. And it's also very true, as I mentioned earlier, this is a fairly emotional product, is that the, the country image uh, has a very strong influence on, uh, uh, like in real estate, you know, uh, uh, on a, a product. So when you say uh, France then, and French wines, and when you say Burgundy, then many people have a view in their head about what Burgundy is, what France is, and what, uh, you know, Burgundy wines like. When you say Hungary, uh, then you know many people don't even know where it's on where it's uh, in a map, uh, uh, and then then you know somehow they need to be connected. So it is really the way to present Hungarian wines, uh, unless you happen to be you know an expat who you know moved to uh, you know uh, to the United States and have some kind of a relationship with the 
home country. So really the way to present it uh, to them is, is through some kind of a hand selling in a way uh, where, you know, um, uh, you, you, uh, you, you sit down with folks who are wine lovers and, and provide a, a little wine tasting uh, uh, to them, show them the wines and tell them stories about Hungary, tell them stories about history, the regions, the grapes, the uh, varietals and the, uh, the, the terroirs. And uh, uh, based on the taste and the stories, um, uh, you know, they uh, develop an image and that image is hopefully will be uh, something they, uh, they uh, appreciate and, 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 and like. Another better way of doing it, which is essentially a, 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 a way we try to do it, is actually have people come to Hungary, come to our winery, get a first exposure, show them the vineyards, and then they, for themselves, they you know uh, uh, get a very good view of what it is, and uh, and uh, and hopefully the image is positive, and the stuff is good, and they like it, and they will continue to use it. You know, it's, it's interesting how you describe that because I see it, it can also be a very, the linkage between the wine and the country and the region of Hungary, it can be a positive self-fulfilling prophecy because if, yes. if, for example, tourists come here and a lot of tourists come here, uh, that can, and they try wine or maybe even they don't try wine, but they have a good experience and then that can, that can bring uh, things towards the Hungarian wines as well. And vice versa, people have a chance to uh, try Hungarian wines, may come to the uh, country for tourism as well. In that vein, I was fortunate enough uh, when I was living in the Washington, D.C. area to get invited to an event at the Hungarian embassy where the ambassador, yeah. who, as far as I could tell, knew something about wine, and he actually had a wine tasting. But uh -huh. he combined the wine tasting with a tour, a descriptive tour of the regions of Hungary. And he'd say, Excellent. well, this wine is from here, and this is about that region. That seems to be exactly what you're... Uh, speaking Absolutely. about that's so, what it comes down to there is really like in missouri the show me state i mean the best way to present something you physically show it to them i mean give you an example uh before covid uh you know a very good hunk of our business uh, came from the tasting room in Agar, and uh, it was fueled by these danube tours you know these boat tours uh, which is very popular among a lot of people, mostly Americans, many of my friends took those. And many of these boat tours have folks who are wine lovers and they like to explore the, the world. And, uh, and give you an example in 2019, which was the last you know, full you know, uh, year of, of, um, of before COVID, uh, we had about six or seven groups of folks who actually came to uh, Hungary on a boat who were wine lovers. And uh, through an agency, we collected them, we rented a bus, you know, took them down to Eger. You know, I, many cases, I was the tour guide and, you know, gave them a little tour of Budapest and, and you know, drove down to Eger, went to a different winery, San Andrea first, and they came to us uh, uh, to, to taste and, you know, had a nice lunch, we chatted and, and then uh, afterwards, uh, you know, uh, people had an opportunity to purchase wines. And we have set up a couple of iPads where people, based on what they like, can order some of our wines. And we, uh, upon their arrival to the United States, we deliver it to their home. Um, that's so, so professional. Absolutely perfect. And they loved it. 
and they were able to drink it because we have a warehouse in, in Sonoma in California. And, and, and fundamentally, uh, uh, they were the, uh, the, the early adapters. They discovered something cool and so they can brag to their friends that, gee, look what I found. I found these wines from Hungary. So really hungry. Let's give it a shot. So it's, and these people became regular customers of ours in the United States, which is wonderful. Fantastic. Chris, go ahead. I've seen that uh, these customers you try to keep, of course, because uh, loyalty yeah. means a lot in a business like winery. How, how do you try to uh, give limited, I mean, with what type of wines are you trying to keep your audience? I've seen that there are wine clubs of yours. Yes, we have some of those as well. I mean, depending on the customer. See, I mean, there are some heavy users like myself, you know, who uh, drink wine a lot and, you know, entertain a lot and get together with people. And so, you know, people like, like, like me, uh, you know, usually belong to the wine club and, uh, you know, we have um, regular shipments depending on the, the volume we, we consume. I mean, I just, I just read that uh, you have limited edition wines for uh, yes, wine club members. Yes, we do. We have certain wines. I mean, for instance, from our Grand Cru Terroir, which I mentioned earlier, the Nadiaget Hill, you know, our, our production is very limited. For instance, of the Sky Furmint, which we spoke about earlier, we have only one hectare planted, and that hectare produces about 3,000 bottles of wine. That's the annual production, 3,000, which is not a lot. And so basically, you know, we have to limit these uh, for folks and we try to, to you know, kind of uh, allocate these uh, based on the need and, 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 and folks who appreciate the, the quality. So it's a matter of, uh, of you know, uh, managing your consumer base. And, and, uh, and, you know, we keep track of people's birthdays and, you know, stuff like that, remind them from time to time that, that you know, we have new vintages coming out and what about having a little party? And then people, um, you know, are, are being gently, of course, it's not a pushy uh, process I'm talking about. And then fundamentally, um, you know, uh, we keep, people keep in mind our, 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 our name and our, our wines and, uh, and, and, and they regularly order. And how did COVID change your uh, way of marketing? Well, significantly. Uh, especially, uh, you know, here in Hungary, but many other countries. I mean, the restaurant business kind of died. And that was a huge part of our business. And the tasting room had to be closed because people couldn't come to the winery. So we had to rely on, on hypermarkets and, you know, stores and, and direct sales, which, you know, went some. Uh, but people who actually purchase the wines in these large stores are not uh, buying expensive stuff. They usually buy the less expensive stuff. So we, we had, uh, you know, decent volume from a lower end uh, wines, but the top wines uh, suffer because there was just not enough opportunity for people to, to try them and, and, and buy them. So well, hopefully we're, we're almost uh, through those times. At, yeah, at this we are point, getting, getting to the end of it, it seems, at, at, especially in, in the U.S. It seems like things are opening up. And here, too. I mean, I understand that as of June, uh, uh, we'll, we'll have significantly more freedom. And unfortunately, uh, we're out of time for uh, this segment. Um, but our listeners uh, should stay tuned in a way because we will be returning with the second podcast uh, with Nimrod Kovac, the proprietor of Kovac Nimrod Winery, located in Eger, Hungary. 
And I would very much like to thank Nimrod uh, for joining us uh, today. But again, he will be back shortly with the second episode. And of course, I would like to thank my co-host, Chris Chordash, for co-hosting uh, with me today on this, the Corvinus Business Intelligence podcast of the Budapest Investment Club of the Corvinus University School of Business. And we leave you today with these words from Benjamin Franklin. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Thank you.